We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good Minute Hummel podcast, and we got Robbie Hummel. I'd known you since you were a kid. I could blow my knee out, both knees, and still kick your ass. <laughs> we're trying to find the Robbie Hummel statue. I wanted to kill you. <laughs> All right, welcome in. Another episode of the Goodman and Hummel pod. Uh, last week, Robbie bailed on me. He was late for tonight. Uh, look at him. You know what? You know what the problem is? You hadn't worked in so long that you, were, you, you weren't used to actually having to work again and grind. And you've, you've been after it a little bit these first 10 days. Grind has returned. My voice was telling the story. I uh, I have drank more tea with honey today than I care to admit. So yeah, it sounds rough. Your your golf game was in good shape. Your voice was not. That was yeah, the I'm I'm bowling in golf. I'm breaking eighty consistently with my my voice. Three games in three days, and going from East Lansing to Sioux Falls to Columbus, Ohio, is not easy. <laughs> oh, hey, what, the flight what, schedules are not easy. I should say. When are you going to be back in in West Lafayette? next um i Anytime think soon? this yeah uh i think started the set no and end of the month i think end of the month there will you pick up the shirt and blazer that i left in my closet dude how did you do that i don't know like i forgot i had it in my closet and i ran out in the morning and i wasn't that rushed but i was driving to chicago for for a stadium it was early in the morning and we had gotten really got back late the night before after doing the show after the Purdue Xavier game. And I just, man, I'll be there the 28. So otherwise, you know what you have to do now? Have you had to do this? I left my stuff.com. They oh, said no. you got to fill it out and you pay for them, pay for it. And they ship it to you. I did I, it at the final four in new Orleans. Actually, I left anything hanging in my closet and I just had to put a credit card down and they mailed it to me via like UPS or FedEx. Yeah, I did it in Houston last Final Four. I actually left a bunch of stuff that I actually dropped off to be dry cleaned and never picked it up. Never That's got well. it. That's good. It was, That's good. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, anyway, um, I figured tonight, like, I- I'm drinking a beer uh, on the on this pod. I- well, nice, like nice I- shirt. Nice shirt. Well, I'm, I'm, I might, as we're recording this on Sunday night, St. Mary's is down 18 points to Xavier. I mean, Don Miller's doing a good job, though, with all the injuries. Those guys play hard, man. He he always coaches his teams to get those dudes to compete. I might take this shirt and burn it 
after picking St. Mary's. Please, please don't. The visual of you taking your shirt off would harm <laughs> all of our viewership, even if it's their ears. It would torch their ears, even if they're not even watching. By the way, do you want in on the, the wager that Doster and I have on how far I can throw a football? <laughs> Are you in? Well, how far? Are you how far do you think? How, if you did over under on how many yards I could throw a football, what would you 20. say? 20 yards. Come on. Let's be real. Let's be real here. Like how much would you be? If I said to you 35 yards, how much money would you bet me that I couldn't throw 35 yards? Right. I mean, now? Honestly, if you can't throw it 35 yards, that would be pathetic. Well, I can, but all right, let's go to, let's go to 40 yards. Because 40 yards is pretty, you like, that's a throw. I mean, are you doing, like, the bomb, like, wind up, multiple yeah. steps? Yeah. yeah you, like, I would like, hope I'm you not, could throw it 40 yards. I'm not, like, sp sprinting from 10 yards. No, like, back. winding up into, like, the gather steps. Yeah, I'm doing a couple a couple steps into the throw. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say 50 yards. Oh, shit. I wish I could get 50. I'm not getting 50. I think I can get 45. Maybe in my best day, I can get 50. Maybe. What what made this bet come about? I don't know. You know, he says I, I can't do anything. You do too. So I, yeah. I I wanted to I want to see how far I could throw a football. Because I said to him back when I was in college, I could throw it 60 yards. Legitimately could throw it 60 you know yards. You sound like you sound like the Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. I could throw a football <laughs> over that mountain over saying. there. Listen, well, if I could throw a 50 today at 52 years old, which I, I'm not sure I can throw 50, but I know I can throw 45. <laughs> I know I can throw 45. I've done it. Dude, you know what this reminds me of? Go ahead. The first game I did this year was Purdue Sanford, mm. and Bucky McMillan had, like, his boys with him on the road. It's like one of his good friends and one of his dad's good friends. Mm. I think it was the, the guy that was his dad's friend. I think he's a pretty big supporter of Alabama. He's done very well. And I think his friend has too. And they didn't really have an SID, so we just talked to them the whole time. And they were just telling us about, like, where they'd gone out to eat and where they went out to, like, have drinks. And, like, basically that was our scout on Sanford. <laughs> that was our takeaway from Sanford. That's all you got. Well, yeah, I didn't actually get to talk to Bucky McMillan, um, which is kind of weird, but whatever. And But his friends were cool. His friends were really cool. And at one point, the older gentleman was like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks I can make a three. <laughs> and they were out on the court shooting. Did they and make they one? They were betting lunch, and they were they were having a great time. Those guys did, knew how to have fun. Did he make a three? No, he yeah. bought lunch. All right. Well, I, I, again, I was hoping you you'd go for the that I couldn't throw a thirty five or forty yards because if you can't, you're pathetic, dude. Like all I'm saying is. Like I, I want to see. I feel like you have a very forward. inflated self confidence of your athletic ability, though. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But but all I'm saying is I think I can throw it 45 yards. I want to see how many yards you can throw it. At least 60. Wow. I can't throw 60 yards. There's no can you way. Throw 50. I think I can get 50. All right, we're gonna see in Phoenix. In Phoenix, we're gonna get out there, and uh, and, and we're gonna see. All right, let, let's get to it here. Um, You've been trying to avoid talking about the Big Ten for the last at least seven minutes here. And uh, you are Harry Big Ten, okay? So what do you have to say to defend your league, uh, Robbie Hummel? What do you have? 
Purdue's look good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't have a defense. I really don't. Um, you know, Michigan State, the loss to James Madison, they did some better things against Duke. They, they did some better things against Butler, but I'm not sold that Butler is going to have a great team this year still. Um, I'm just surprised that with Tom Izzo's team, he's had to coach certain things like effort from like veteran guys. And some of the players have just been, I mean, the shooting is like inexplicable. They got wide open shots against Duke for the most part. I think they generated good offense. They just really couldn't make a shot. Um, I would say that we really can't have too many complaints about Illinois. I guess they were down at half to Valpo. Not good. But they losing to Marquette in a close one, there's really no shame in that. So I still have some faith with them. I still have faith in Michigan State. They can figure it out. Um, Who who finishes their – like, gun to your head. Are you still in with Michigan State finishing second in the league right now? Yeah, because everybody else has looked so bad. <laughs> By default. So, yeah, I, I think so. Them or Illinois. After so that, you have Illinois if Michigan hadn't lost to Long Beach State in the manner they did, they would be a team that you could talk about positively. Uh, Doug McDaniel has played awesome um, for the most part this year. Iowa is a team that's flying under the radar. Um, who'd they lose to? They're three and Crane. one. Yeah, lost to Creighton, that's right. Wisconsin, really disappointing about the way they played at Providence. I like the way they played against Tennessee. I thought that Tennessee is really good. So I thought the way they played them, they they had chances, just didn't convert, um, had some shots at the rim that they they didn't make late. Um, Nebraska, honestly, has been a bright spot. They haven't played anybody yet. They just destroyed Oregon State Saturday. Um, I will say that they are more physical – they're a better rebounding team this year. Ohio State, lots to learn with the Alabama game coming up. They're three and one. Maryland has been awful. Uh, Northwestern had a tough loss today against Mississippi State. Rutgers lost to Princeton. Indiana has been so underwhelming uh, on national television today against UConn. I just it blows my mind being from the state of Indiana. And knowing that every person that grows up in that state is all about shooting, yet Indiana never has anybody that can make a three-point shot. I I am blown away. And it was with Archie Miller's teams. They didn't shoot well. And it continues on to Mike Woodson's teams today. They, I mean, I saw a quote from Danny Hurley, and I got to watch the first half, and then I I had the Ohio State game tonight, so I went over to the arena. I saw where Danny Hurley had a, a quote that was like, it was all about packing the paint. <laughs> like, we just were like, make them shoot. Um, Indiana is a poor rebounding team defensively. And I would say, from a help defense standpoint, I don't – early I thought it was they were giving up threes again because they were so to the ball helping. They just are like with the nail philosophy that the NBA does. And I feel like they overhelp a lot. And UConn missed some open looks. But then the, the number, I think, was 7 of 22. So they didn't get burned as badly from three today. But offensively, they are hard to watch. I, I just think they've lacked an identity through the first couple games. And they, they did get the ball to Malik Renew today, and he was the bright spot. But I don't know. I, I just am like, they they are they are trying to figure it out, but they are a long ways away. 
So they don't move the ball up. They do uh-huh. not. I mean, they didn't have X. X got in a foul. Yeah, the foul. And I honestly thought the whistle was not great for Indiana in the first. I thought there was a couple plays where Klingon should have picked up his second foul. Yeah. Just hammered Khalil Ware on the arm once. And they called it on somebody else. Yeah. I, and there was another one that I thought he, they said he blocked his shot, but it looked like he just hit uh, Ware's hand. I, yeah. I didn't think they got a, a great whistle, but that's not why they lost. You know, UConn was clearly the better team. Yeah, and UConn, listen, a little bit surprised UConn looked this good without Castle. They're they're probably most talented player, physically their most talented player. Uh, Klingon was just okay. You know, he, he wasn't great, but Caravan was awesome early, and Tristan Newton was great throughout. And- but look at the way they're – I mean, like Malik Renew, you've got Alex Caravan playing the four. What does he want to do? He wants okay. to shoot threes. Yes. He wants to pick and pop. Yep. And they, you could just, and you know what was telling to me? I was watching Kenya Hunter, assistant coach, uh, on the sideline in that first half because that sh- their defense was right in front of their bench. Yeah. Every wide open shot they were giving up, you could see that Kenya Hunter's like, like they were screwing things up. They're miscommunicating in their pick and roll coverage. They're they're doing things they didn't work on. They're giving up open shots, and a lot of them were to Caravan. And I just – I think Indiana's done that for every game they've played through the first four here. They've been awful. Breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. They've talked about how their young guys have got to be better. You know, the C.J. Guns and the Caleb Banks. They haven't. No, I know it's not. But, like, they've expected improvement from those guys. Defensively, they're still not where they need to be. Um, it's it's veteran guys, too. I mean, they're veteran guys. Not, well, the shooter on I was on, Mike Woodson, was really on Trey Galloway to communicate. And I think Trey is more of a quiet kid by nature. He's a good that's kid. That's the problem, Rob. Rob, that's that that is a little bit of the issue. Is I think Xavier Johnson isn't a natural leader. He's no, I mean, they leader. lost that. Trace Trace Jackson Davis was the leader of that team. Well, and Ray, you had other guys. Ray Thompson and Chandler Chapino. Yes. Those guys are the leader of the team. Mostly the two bigs. Correct. Correct. So I've been there. They don't there a while. I don't know who their leader is. I don't because I and I'm not trying to diss anybody, but I I think they lack that. Yeah. I think that they're – I don't know who the main voice is when things aren't going right in that team where they're getting people right. Um, but I just – I kept seeing Kenya Hunter, like, you know, reacting, and it's like they're definitely – and you could see it. Yeah. You know, just the miscommunications and some of the things they were screwing up defensively. That They just – they're not on the same page defensively right now. That's that's for sure. Hey, as, as good as Purdue is – and I saw him in person last week against Xavier – and they are really good. Like those freshmen have gotten better as sophomores. Those guards clearly. Braden Smith was awesome in that. Game. But I think their new freshmen and their transfer gives them a much higher ceiling. Totally. The only thing I'll say, Rob, is what the hell is Painter do gonna do at that four spot? Because honestly, like Kaufman Wren didn't do anything that game. He's going to be – I think Painter is going to play like musical chairs. I think it's whoever's got the hot hand and whatever but the is that good? Is that the way you want to have it throughout the year, or do you think it solidifies itself by middle of Big Ten play? I mean, it could if one guy is playing way better than the others. Yeah, but I I think it's matchup-based, and I think it will rotate between Trey Kaufman-Wren, Mason Gillis, and Caleb First, and maybe even Cam Heidi if the matchup called for it from a defensive standpoint. Like, I, I think about the Alabama game. You know, when you've got a guard, Grant Nelson, yeah. 
and he's seven foot tall and can handle like a, a three and he's playing the four, who do you go to? Like, who's the best option to guard? I, that, that, that will be interesting, but I just think that it's probably all matchup based and it's going to be uh, whoever's playing the best will play the four. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. So, you know, Northwestern lost today to, to Mississippi State. Again, we've kind of gone through it for this league right now. And we've talked about it before, how important it is to win in November and December. They've done a pretty good job as a league of that over the years. Yeah. Yet they've I mean, right still now, Com, They have been the fourth best league, which I feel like they've either been first or second every year for the last three or four. And that's because of the work you do in November and December. Right. And there's still opportunities. I mean, Maui has not happened. The Bahamas have not happened. Yep. Atlanta. Yep. It's like, there's still some time, but this is a terrible start. <laughs> like, this is a terrible, terrible yeah. start to... To just set the tone. I mean, I thought Wisconsin had chances against Tennessee. Ohio State had chances against Texas A&M. Yeah. You know, Purdue handled business against Xavier, but Xavier is an unranked team. Michigan beat St. John's. St. John's is not that good. I, I think well, which league's best win? Maryland's the kill. No, they don't have a great win. That That's the problem is, like, you've got – 
you've got like team like Nebraska that doesn't have bad losses, but but where is the really good win I, right is now? Purdue, like, Xavier the best win? Uh, probably. I, I'm trying to think of who else has a better win so Penn far. State's undefeated. Michigan beating St. John's, maybe that'll be a good win. Maybe at the end. But Xavier's better than St. John's right now. Don't you oh, feel like yeah, because they're, they're beating the crap right now out of St. Mary's. So you're probably right. But you're right. They may not have a win against a tournament team, a locked tournament team right now as a league. Yeah. But I mean, we're still at November 17th. Like, let's pump the brakes on that because they are there's a another month. So I'm gonna take out the Christmas break games where no one plays. They teams play good people right after finals, but there's like a week or a week and a half where there's bad games or no games. So there's a month remaining for the big 10 to get better wins, but there's no sugarcoating this. This is a very, very bad start for the Collins. And the, again, this is where you, you, you make your, your league resume and ultimately, yeah, you can still get like six teams in, but it's going to be hard to get good. But when when you because you know teams will beat each other up in conference play because that always happens. Yeah. And the the narrative has been for the last four years. Well, the strength of schedule is so high because of the wins in the non conference that it's it really doesn't hurt you as bad. But if you have a bunch of teams that aren't quad one games, that's where that hurts you. You need quad one opponents. That's where the Big Ten used to just kill it. Yeah. With fourteen teams and you had. 11 or 12 quad one opportunities due to the road, maybe even 13 at times, you know, so they, that's they need Michigan state to win Maui bad. Michigan state is not in Maui. Uh, not Maui. We're, uh, they're playing Arizona. I'm sorry. In, uh, in, in Paul Springs. Who's in Maui from big. Oh, Purdue is Purdue. Purdue is in Maui. See, that, I Maui. don't even know how much that helps Rob. It helps obviously, but Purdue's going to be a quality help. win. Purdue's pr- but I guess, yeah, they got to do well in Maui. What if, what yes, if they need, goes, right. the Big Ten needs Purdue to win in Maui? Yeah, they really do. They really do. There's no sugarcoating that. I, Ohio State plays Alabama. Okay. I think Wisconsin uh, plays Virginia and Arizona still and Marquette. So they've got opportunities. I mean, the yeah. league still has opportunities. It's, of it's course. Silly. You just you're you're ten days in and you don't have a good good win. No, I mean normally you would say we the league has some good wins on the resume already, but it, that's not the case. Purdue over Xavier probably is the best win. All right, so give me your give me your biggest surprise so far this season. Give me it can be a team, it can be a player, whatever. I mean, I already talked about. But I think Michigan State losing first game to James Madison. Um, AJ Hogarth. That's disappointment. That's your biggest disappointment. You said, "Oh, you're saying surprise for positive." I think you meant surprise for negative. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, do you want to start with disappointments now? Yeah, you're good. You're a negative guy, so we'll. Sorry, I I misunderstood. Um, Yeah, I think that AJ Hogarth has been bafflingly bad at times. Um, I also found it really interesting to see his technical foul with Pierre Brooks, and then the way they interacted in the handshake line. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. What happened? Yeah, like they were jawing on the court, and that's like not uncommon. You know, the the yeah. competitive juices get going. Hogarth got tech, and then in the handshake line, there was a video on Twitter where like Pierre was dapping up all his old teammates and coaches, and then him and Hogarth just like walked by each other. Which <laughs> uh, not that all teammates always like each other, and that's you know, and they don't have to. Like as long as you can learn to play together, that's fine. But it was. It stood out, you know, it stood out. 
Hogard has had his role simplified into the extreme by Tom Izzo. Push the basketball, defend, don't play through your jumper, get your teammates involved. Like that is his job. And he has not done a good job at that. He he has had moments. I thought against Duke, he actually did get his teammates involved well. It is this. His jump shot has been awful. He made his first three against Butler. The thing about him, though, is that his ceiling is high. We saw him against Kansas State go for 25 and 6 in in a Sweet 16 game. He's capable of that, but his floor is low, or his floor is like a wave. You know, his floor is like always moving. That's the floor for AJ Hogarth. Um, Their free throw shooting has been bizarre. Like Tyson Walker is a good foul shooter, but he has not been this year while being awesome in every other facet. Um, I worry about them. They don't have a back-to-the-basket presence outside of Malik Hall, whose aggressiveness is like a wave. <laughs> like, against Duke, you saw him. He is, from the jump, locked. He is locked in. In other games, you're like, is he turning down wide-open shots? You know, I just don't – he's got the, every physical tool to be a really good player in college. Um, How is Izzo? How is Izzo, Rob? Because he was really in a positive mood. Yeah, the loss to Duke because in his I think mind, he always sees the big picture. In my experience of talking to Coach Izzo, I've never felt like he is despondent. But I've all like, and maybe in certain situations he is on like seasons that have gone really awry. And there's only a few that have uh, for him. But I always feel like he views these setbacks as opportunities to learn and get better. And he's definitely a big believer in practice and how he can get his teams better. And his track record shows that he can do that. Um, I feel like he's been pretty positive. He's talked about how their shooting was good all summer. Yeah. It was good in the fall. They're due. Um, but you, I'm, I, I said this earlier, he has had to coach guys and and things that I am shocked he's had to coach. Like what? Effort. Yeah. yeah. You know, effort – rebounding when I when I was in college the week leading up to Michigan State was comical in practice because the entire practice would be dedicated to transition defense where we would do like the disadvantage drills where five guys line up on the baseline five guys are lined up foul line and extended and coach Payne would throw the ball to one of the uh guys on the baseline whoever was standing in front of the foul line would have to go touch the line five on four Transition. Everything was transition D. And other than that, it was rebound war. And we would just beat the living shit out of each other for four days leading up to it because we knew that that was what was going to decide the game. And at times, Michigan State's defensive rebounding this year has just been horrific, you know. So I think their fast break has been okay. I think they always feel like it can be better. But – just the inconsistencies with a team that's a veteran group. But I will say, and I caught some flack, I feel like, from some Michigan State people that listen to this podcast. This was an 11-9 and team last year. And it's mostly the same core back, and they lost their best shooter, spot-up shooter. And these freshmen are talented, but how much are they going to get to play, and how much are they ready to play? You know, Cohen Carr is the most physically ready to play. It's great against James Madison. He's been just all right. I would say the last he was he guarded Filipowski well against Duke. He's got some real real limitations on defense off the ball. He's got to be a cutter. 
yeah. and an offensive rebounder. And Cohen Carr can be great at that role. And he's got to keep working on his jumper for probably not even this year, but down the line. Um, Jeremy Fears is a good player, but he's behind Tyson Walker. Yeah. He's still behind AJ Hogard. He's he's just not. He's he's he a backup score either. He's not a shooter. No, and he's a guy that gets other people involved. He gets yeah. other people involved. And then Xavier Booker is just not physically ready for for prime time in in major college basketball. He can shoot. He's talented. He can run jump. But I they've been disappointed. You, you just, in the you, you, I think they have. They've had to coach things that I would never would have thought they'd be coaching. All right, that was like a diatribe on your biggest disappointment, which is Michigan right. State. I'm not going to go that deep on St. Mary's, but uh, the Gales are are clearly the team I picked to go to the Final Four. I completely put it put a hex on them because they've been. I feel awful. like all your picks always suck. <laughs> That's not true. That's not. Did true. you pick Michigan State to win the league, the Big Ten? I did. I did. Just to just to spite you though. There's still plenty of time that they can still win, though. Right. And St. Mary's could could flip it. Now, again, I'm worried about them because I think too much is on Aiden Mahaney right now. Well, do you yeah. think this is like a example of reading your press clippings too much? Like, have they just gotten – they got so much pub, and normally that's Gonzaga's deal. They lost Logan Johnson, who who, who was their, like, athletic defender. He, he was a leader, right, set the tone? Yeah. Yes. He was tough. He was vocal. He was older. They're still older, but like Dukas is coming back from a back injury and he's kind of up and down. And Marcellonis, Augustus, I thought was going to take the jump. He has not been very good. He's been erratic. Uh, Saxon down low is good. But but again, you're so dependent on Mahaney to go off every game right now. And you can game plan against him. So they've really, really been disappointing. I still think Randy Bennett is one of the best coaches in America, and I think he'll turn it around. But it, it may it may take a while, and they may have to win the league. Like, that could be one where, honestly, they have to win the league to get in the NCAA tournament because I don't know who are they going to pick off. I don't know what they have left here in the non-conference. I can I can look at it right now and uh, and see. But I don't – generally, they don't play a ton of, you know, Davidson, Utah, Boise State, Cleveland State, Colorado State. UNLV, Middle Tennessee State, Northern Kentucky, Missouri State, Kent State. Like, not a lot there. There's no, no other big boys that you're going to pick off that are a guaranteed tournament team. So you got to probably, at this point, either win your league or finish second but dominate, you know, have Gonzaga win it and and only lose to Gonzaga. Yeah, that's crazy. Because they right. were getting so much uh, before the season. Yeah, they've got Weber State, San Diego State, and now they're, they're going to lose uh, to Xavier tonight. So I, I'll go. They I'll got go. they got the Goodman curse as well. Amazing, amazing. Um, who do, who else do you have? I I think I think I know your second one. It's pretty easy. I mean, it has to be Maryland with who they bring back, and you got Jameer Young to come back. You got Julian Reese back. You got Dante Scott back. Um, Deshaun Harris Smith was looked at as one of the best freshmen to come into the Big Ten this year, but they have been abysmal shooting the basketball and they have been horrific at taking care of the basketball. Yeah. So, uh, not a good combo 21% from three. The offense just feels like it's impossible to score. I mean, the Nova game, I didn't think they'd make it to 40 points, which is like, wouldn't know. They, I think they won a 13-2 run in the last three minutes. I know, and they and they got to 40. Right. <laughs> I think that is – but they've lost to Davidson. They've lost to UAB. They've lost three straight. Uh, 
And their schedule, you know, other than UCLA right before Christmas, the rest of their non-conference is Ryder, South Alabama, UMBC, Alcorn State, Nichols State, Coppin State. I mean, they – Yeah, bad, bad. They have no good wins. And, and the Big Ten isn't play. going to be as good probably. So that Maryland's going to have a hard time coming back from this. I mean, they don't play anybody in the top 30 of Ken Palm going forward in the non-conference. Other than and then, with that being said – the only Big Ten teams that are in the top 30 are Purdue and Michigan State. Right, right. So it's like, you're right, your opportunities. And that can change. You know, the, the Big Ten can certainly right the ship a little bit here if they start winning some games. But it's got to be someone other than Purdue. Yes. Like, Purdue can, Purdue can do their part, but they need they need some other teams to win so it's not just one team that you're getting that's, that's high up in, in those rankings. No, I'm with you. I'm with you with Maryland. I don't think you can pick anybody else. Honestly, I think they're the biggest disappointment. St. Mary's and, and Maryland are, to me, the two biggest disappointments. At least Michigan State. They they are still in a place where they can get right. Correct. And, and losing a Duke on a neutral court, no, no shame, shame in that one. Obviously, losing a, to JMU at home, not a good loss. But, yeah. like, Maryland and St. Mary's have multiple bad losses already. Hard to come back. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. That's linkedin.com slash G-O-O-D to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Biggest surprise. I'm gonna I'm gonna start it and go with James Madison beating Michigan State in East Lansing, following it up by beating Kent State at Kent State. They, they they're playing close games and they're winning close games. And you know, I got them in the top 20 right now because I think they've earned it. I'm not sure they stay there, but but again, what Mark Byington has done with this group um is really impressive so far. They're as big a surprise to me as there is in the country so far. They have to be. Yeah. No, what a, what a first week they had. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go your Arizona Wildcats. Yeah. Not because I didn't think they'd have a good year. I did. But the, they have, to me, the best true road win in college basketball. Yep. Uh, I, I just – I think their personnel I, – I was so unsure of what Caleb Love would look like. And I think he still has his moments. But for the most part – has tried to play, I think, in what Tommy Lloyd wants him to do. I, I love Colin Boswell. I thought the toughness that he played with at Duke and, and the way that he kind of runs the team is is pretty impressive. Pella Larson's an, just an underrated good player. Garja, he's tough. Um, you know, they play with tempo. They shoot it. They've got size with Balo. Uh, the, the young kid, Crevis, I thought, played really well at Duke. Tough. Just in terms of he's tough and didn't back down to Filipowski. Um, Keyshot Johnson, just a winner, made plays into that game. So, I huge opportunity for Michigan State in Paul Springs. They, they play each other on Thanksgiving. 
And I'm doing the Purdue game the 16th. That's going to be a war. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. That'll be a great game. I'll be there, too. Um, another surprise for me, Kentucky. Kentucky, yep. I, just, I didn't think they'd even be able to play with Kansas that early. No, they, they showed everybody them. something that they – and that's without those bigs that are that are out. I wonder if they're better without the bigs in a way. I think you need one. But with Hunter, right? Hunter was eating them alive. He was, but I'll tell you what, they were so athletic, they made it really difficult for Hunter defensively because no, they were attacking. They were but you probably like the option. Yeah. If you've got a big 7-2 guy that's just murdering you to say, you know what, we need to throw somebody out. We can always go back to being small. Right. But we don't have the option to go big right now. No question. No question. You, you'd love to have one of them. I'm not sure all three bigs is what you want because right now – and you can tell me about this because – I feel like in a way it's an advantage sometimes to play eight guys and they all know they're going to play Rob. Yeah. I mean, 10 can get to the point where guys aren't getting enough run to actually be productive. And are they, are they upset? Are they going to be a locker room issue? Potentially, if you're taking minutes away from a guy who got him earlier in the season, you're adding two bigs, you're starting to play, you know, some big lineups and somebody's going to be affected by that that's getting 25, 28 minutes a game right now. Yeah. You know what I think has been impressive about Kentucky is that they're playing so fast on offense and not turning it over. Amazing. I mean, Amazing. they are flying. Yes. And you mentioned the athletes. They shot it pretty well. I, I like what I've seen from Kentucky so far. Reed I, Shepard. I, hey, I like Reed Shepard when I saw I've I've seen him for a couple of years on the circuit, and I liked him a lot, but I didn't know if he'd be this good. Because I didn't know if he'd get the opportunity. I just didn't know Cal would play him this much. But again, part of it. Don't you feel like he just knows how to play? Fuck yeah. Yes. He just knows what's going on. And that is how the ball You've got some skill and you know what's going on. He moves the ball. The other guys are not ball movers. They're scorers. Dillingham is electric, man. He is so fast. His his quickness, his burst. I, I loved him on the circuit. I again, my biggest question, and, and Kentucky fans kind of went off on me about this, but my biggest question was how Wagner and Dillingham would fit together on the court because I felt like if you got them both, you're going to have to play them both 30 minutes apiece. And yeah. I don't know if that's the best thing for this team. That's fair. I mean, I so, I just think it's crazy. Reed Shepard has the 10th highest offensive rating in all of college basketball 163 points for every 100 possessions. I mean, he is. So, so he has been good for that team. Yeah, he makes shots. He moves the ball. You know, he, he's a high IQ kid. The AU team he played with was with Gabe Cups, and, uh-huh. and they were fun to watch. They just moved the ball. And and I've said this about Gabe Cups. If you give Gabe Cups enough players around him, and that includes shooters around him, he could be a really good point guard. If you don't give him shooters – Gabe Cups is really tough. I just think that sometimes when he's asked to do maybe something he's not ready for totally. from an offensive standpoint, you're putting him in a spot where he's just going to struggle to be successful. And he's but not, defensively, he will, he's a pit bull. But he's not physical. Like Reed Shepard is bigger, stronger. Well, Gabe Cups also looks like he's like 14. Correct. He looks like a little kid still playing college basketball. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's going to be a really good player. No, he is good. If you're, playing, he's good. if you're playing him 30 minutes, you know, which you don't, but – but if 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 you're expecting him to have a huge role as a freshman, I don't know if that's fair to Gabe Cups, where Reed Shepard needs to play for this Kentucky team. 
And they were very, very uh, surprising, impressive. Um, a team that I don't know if you're worried about, and I know you didn't see him, but I'm just going to ask you overall, like what the panic level should be of a team like FAU. They lose to Bryant, okay? And and they've got a really tough schedule coming up. We're going to be down. We're going to see him in a couple of weeks down at the Field of 68 uh, Invitational or tip-off, whatever it's called. I should know the name, but um, down in Boca with Liberty and Charleston. And then they go and play Illinois at the Garden in the Jimmy V after that. They play Arizona. They've got a gauntlet of a schedule. Now, Elijah Martin has been hurt most of the preseason with a stress fracture. He's been awful so far this season. They couldn't score at all against yeah. Brian. 52 yeah, points. Out. Yeah. yeah, they didn't come out. Now, I wonder if they just overlooked him. I mean, that could be. You go to the Final Four, and you've you've been reading your press clippings all summer long. Um, yeah, I that's fair. They they lead the country in minutes continuity, like minutes back. They're number one. I've got everybody back. Um, it, you're right, though. The gauntlet is coming. They, they play Butler, Illinois, Arizona, yeah. and then just being in in uh, the American this year. That's a step up. Yeah. So it's going to be something that Dusty May has got to kind of massage here you know last year's team was so good on offense they haven't been nearly as efficient they haven't shot it nearly as well from three um they just haven't looked like the same team in terms of scoring so we'll see how he kind of navigates that and if and elijah martin's a big part of that you know that there's not many dudes at his size that can do what what he can do in college hoops so they can certainly get right and they're gonna have opportunities to do so and I talked to both of them, like they're workers, John L. Davis and Elijah Martin. I talked to both of them a couple times during the summer. And, and you know where Janelle Davis is from. Where? Northwest Indiana. Ah, that's yeah, of course he works. So I think they got it. I asked them, I said, like, are you guys wrapped up in NIL? Have you been away from the team? Have you they were both like, no, 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 we've been in Boca. A lot. It's not like we've been running around all summer. I don't think they had the same opportunities that like Carolina had two summers ago with right. Baycott and Caleb Love and some of those kids. They weren't at the same level. You know, Carolina's at a different level. Well, yeah, I mean, look at the universities and the programs. Right. So I don't I don't think it's that. I think with Elijah Martin, it's it's simply that he's not healthy and, and working his way back. And I'm hoping he gets healthy rather than further aggravates it. Have you ever ha- have you had a stress reaction? In your no. foot? No. Yeah, I mean, I We're know. pretty common now, I think, just because guys have played so much basketball by the time they get to college. Yeah, I, that's like the one thing you didn't have in your career. I knew you were going to say that. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, was, I can speak I was, about back injuries, knee injuries. I was going through some stuff today. I was going through some stuff today, and this is what I found. Look at that. Look at that guy. What a handsome guy. The generic, the generic jersey from the USA <laughs> Olympics photo shoot in LA. Is this, man? You, you still do. You, do you have nightmares from letting your country down? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have nightmares. I am okay with it. It was, it was an unfortunate deal. The ten minute game. Um, I wish there had been continuity of the team that won the world cup and would have gotten to play i look at it you know what and this is not a good comparison go ahead but remember michael jordan's quote when he said (laughs) we have earned the the right 
to play until someone has beat us. Yeah, that's the way I feel about that. We had won the world. We were the world champs. Let that team uh, run it back. Way to way to compare yourself to Michael Jordan. Well, he's you know boyhood idol, so I had to. All right, there you have it. Hold I on. got one more team. Oh, you do. You have one more team. That's right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go with not even a team, but a facet of a team. Okay. I'm going with the Tennessee offense because last year we watched a lot of bad offense. Bad. And in three games, granted, it's against Tennessee Tech, Wisconsin, which is impressive at the Kohl Center to do this because of the, the tempo that they're known to play at, although they are playing a little bit faster this year. And Wofford, they have scored 80 in every game. Um, Dalton Connect is a beast on offense. Now, I think Rick Barnes would like him to guard a little more. I think Probably. he would prefer that. But you know what? It's a good trade-off for Tennessee. Well, I know they'll guard. I know that they're, as a unit, they will guard. Dalton Connect may have some shortcomings there, but they need some offensive firepower. Yeah. And with him and Jordan Ganey yep. uh, transferring in, those two guys have been a real shot of life. Uh, Ziegler is getting back to being healthy. Uh, Vescovy was kind of banged up. But they, they've been like, I know they'll guard. If their offense is even serviceable, they will be. I, I picked them to go to the Final Four when we did that. Uh, but I've been really impressed with the way that they have looked on offense. All right, there you have it. Go, uh, go take off your tie. Loosen up a little bit. Get some rest. Drink some more tea have a lozenge or something and uh, you'll feel better in the morning. Cause your voice, your voice sounds like it's been through hell, like a living hell right now over the last 10 days. It's the grind. The grind is here, Robbie. The grind is yeah. here. And you know what? For the next five months, you're going to have to actually work again. No, it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. We don't all get to just go to the good games and sit at home on our throne and watch, you know, so. Hey, I got to grind it and go to Boca Raton in about 10 days for three days. That sounds tough. So I'll see you on the beach. Or at least, at least you'll see me on the beach in about 10 days. But don't worry, I'm not taking off my shirt. We'll see you next week. Goodman and Hummel Pod, thanks for joining us. And, uh, again, Big Ten, let's hope the, uh, the Big Ten, we're not calling it the Little Ten soon. We'll see you. Good Minute Hummel podcast, and we got Robbie Hummel. I'd known you since you were a kid. I could blow my knee out, both knees, and still kick your ass. We're trying to find the Robbie Hummel statue. I wanted to kill you. 